Good morning. It is seven minutes after nine o'clock. Coming up, uh, Donald Trump's civil trial is underway. I've got a couple of questions about that. Uh, we've also got some uh, battery-powered car information that you might be interested in. Uh, but I'm going to kick off the program with security. Uh, because, well, with what we do, we frequently run across people who get, well, overly excited uh, and they threaten us and things like that. So the building is is secure with locking doors, and uh, it is uh, it is generally there to protect us. By the way, Brian Hansen is not here. Uh, he's doing another spandex uh, swimsuit uh, <laughs> demonstration for the cameras. Uh, but Hannah has uh, graciously decided to sit in with us this morning. Hannah, thank you. I appreciate it. You're welcome. That we're locking the doors to keep him out, right? Well, yeah, and, and his flock of male followers. Oh, um, okay. But anyway, uh, it is, it's a nice uh, feeling, but if you, if you want to open uh, the doors, uh, they're electronically secured here. Let me, let me uh, demonstrate by opening the door here to the studio. And uh, here we go. Oh, oh boy. Oh. Dang it, Gary. Oh, that's, it says, it says F-I-R-E. Isn't that, doesn't that, isn't that the door alarm? <laughs> no, that's the fire alarm. Oh, I am so sorry. It was, such, it. It was a simple mistake. I, it, would you, we got to uh, shut that off. The building is evacuating now. Oh, gosh. Great. Well, now the I, fire department's on their way. I was sure that would unlock the doors. Uh, it said F-I-R-E. Uh, and and that it doesn't that spell door? You might be F I R E D. Well, if if uh, if you're to believe Representative Jamal Bowman, uh, that's that's what he thought would open the door. <laughs> I mean, how do how does one decide that that's a good idea? Do you think it was intentional? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I do yeah. too. They're delaying the vote, uh, and so he's looking for a way to do this, and he pulls the fire alarm. I mean, they got him doing it on camera. <laughs> of course they do. He worked in the school system. I mean, he was a principal. They punished kids for doing this, uh, and, you know, he did it. it he, he, you, it's not plausible that he didn't see the word fire written on that alarm uh, pole. I mean, it's, it's it defies. It's just credulity. It's insanity for him to say it was anything other than I uh, needed to to delay the vote. Um, and he's calling it an innocent mistake. And then AOC comes <laughs> out and defends him. Of uh, course, he was just in a panic. Yeah, because he's never been in the building before and doesn't know how to push the door open. Uh, for crying out loud, what a! It's the end justifies the means mentality of the Democrats. One Republican has suggested that he be thrown out of the House of Representatives. Uh, and she is uh, triggering a vote on this. What's interesting is that what he did was interfere with the business of the Capitol. He interfered with congressional business. Hmm. Well... Where have hmm. we seen this before? That sounds familiar, Gary. Doesn't it, though? It sounds a lot like what they were saying happened on January 6th. And, and we know what happened to those people. I mean, they're, they're, they're in the hooskow for a long time. 
So they want the ethics committee to, to investigate. I, I, there's not much to investigate here. We know that he's guilty. Now, here's my question. And I'm curious, really curious to see what you think about this. Should they, uh, you know, just chastise him publicly? Should they throw him out of the House of Representatives? Should they apply to him the same rules they applied to the January 6th people and put him on trial? The alarm went off when the Democrats were scrambling to make it back to the Capitol uh, to vote, and uh, they needed to buy themselves some time. And this certainly does the trick. So is he obstructing the House's work? Just like the Justice Department said, you know, President Trump and hundreds of others on January 6th did? Do we drag him into court and charge him with that? Do we simply reprimand him on the House? Do we throw him out of the House of Representatives? 874-9390-800-529-5572. Or you can go to GaryNolan.com. You can send me a message and it'll pop up in studio. What in your mind is an adequate punishment for what he did? And, and don't, please, don't call me and tell me, oh, it was just an accident. There is absolutely, positively, without a doubt, no way that it was an accident. Well, we, Gary, this morning on the morning show, we had Congressman Mark Alford on, and he talked about how, you know, he encountered the same locked door, but he knew that there were other routes he could take, and there's some underground tunnel system that he took instead, and he said it was actually faster, and he said that is a well-known route in the house when i was uh president of capital watch i used to go into the capital on a regular basis they've got a trolley system down there underground and tunnels that that allow them to go from the capital to their office uh, without ever being exposed to the public they've got all kinds of alternate routes this guy knew them i mean i've ridden on their their little underground railway system and it's pretty efficient. One of the few efficient things the wa- that what they have ever done in Washington. <laughs> so what's an appropriate punishment? Throw him out of the house? You know, uh, give him a dressing down in the house of representatives and let him go? Or just a blown full, full-blown trial? Because he did exactly what they did on January 6th. 874-9390-800-529-5572. I, uh, I, I gotta, uh, it doesn't strike me as, as such an innocent, I mean, it was, it was clearly done to benefit the Democrats, and it is exactly the same thing that happened on January 6th. I don't know of another case where a congressman has ever done anything like this before. I think they should actually bring it to trial. I think they should bring it to trial, and I'll tell you something else. I think, based on what we've seen, based on what we know, he is exactly guilty of the same offense that the folks at January 6th were. And probably ought to get the same punishment. Maybe even more, because he's a member of the House of Representatives and should have known better. That's my take Curious to see where you stand. 
Give me a call. Let me know. Or go to GaryNolan.com. Send me a message. 800-529-5572. We'll take your calls. Una momento right now. Quick break. A paltry little three minutes. And we'll be back on The Gary Nolan Show, the Zimmer Radio Network. It is 919. Glad to have you with us. Uh, the telephone number here is 800-529-5572 or 874-9390 if you're local. So we have uh, a Democrat, Jamal Bowman, trying to buy time. And I think that's exactly what it is. Uh, and, and in order to accomplish that, he pulls the fire alarm, interrupting the business in the House of Representatives. The fire alarm is clearly, it's red with white letters. It says fire. The guy worked as a school principal. He knows what that is. He knows what it does. He's, his argument is, oh, I was in a panic trying to get out a locked door. And we know that's nonsense. Uh, he knows his way around the house. He knows about all the, the underground railway they've got and the tunnels. And, and there are all kinds of uh, alternate ways. He he could not have ignorantly pulled the fire alarm, thinking that somehow that was a remote control for the door. Unless he can argue he's colorblind, can't tell red from white, or distinguish any different colors, and that he doesn't know how to spell, then he is guilty of doing precisely what the Republican, what the January 6th people are accused of doing. Do we, do we treat them the same way? He interrupted, he obstructed the work of the House of Representatives. And that's exactly what they're going after Donald Trump and the January 6th rioters over. Question, do we simply reprimand him? Do we drive him out of the House of Representatives? Or do we try him the way they're trying the January 6th people for the very same exact offense? Uh, at GaryNolan.com, I get a message here from Kevin. He said, uh, they've set the precedent, so charge him. Keith sent a message, equal justice under the law, obstructing the business of Congress is what January 6th defendants are facing, so should he. He should be taken from the floor in handcuffs and shown the door by being expelled from Congress after he serves his time in the gulag. I got to tell you, I, I tend to agree with that. Um, let's, uh, let me go to the phones here. I think, are we going to, uh, well, let's go to Gary first. Gary, good morning. Yeah, uh, Gary, uh, he should definitely be uh, charged uh, to the law. However, he is a Democrat, and he probably can't read, probably is colorblind, and probably <laughs> didn't know what it meant. So, I mean, there's that excuse. Yeah, a, a litany of excuses if you're to listen to Ocasio-Cortez. Yeah. Uh, so, but yeah. but I think he's guilty of the same thing they're guilty of and no, should be they, shown the same kind of punishment that they're getting. Well, the Democrats are very big and always accusing other people of what they do. But for whatever reason, they're never charged with it. I, I, I don't know how they get by with that, but they do. Yeah, it's that D. It, it's uh, it's yeah. it's like yeah, it's the uh, do not that pass go. Yeah. All right, Gary. Thank you. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Dwayne, welcome. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. How are you? I'm fine. <laughs> well, what do you think? Uh, well, he should be charged. It's just like the others were at charged. 
and he should never be able to be get back into Congress or anything. If he was a principal of a school, he didn't know what what door was what. Way it looked to me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, how can you not know that it, it's it's going to trigger the fire alarm when it says fire? I mean, it says it right on there. I know it. Some of them Democrats are dumber than a box of rocks. Some. All right. A lot of them that I know are dumber than a box of rocks. All right, Dwayne, thank you. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. All right, so the the, uh, prevailing opinion is try him just the way they're trying the January 6th people. Gary, Gary, Gary says, Mark, you're just being heartless and inconsiderate to our Democrat brother. It's obvious he's suffering some kind of cognitive impairment a la Fetterman, uh, McConnell, and Biden. I think we should be talking about treatment for these folks uh, rather than finding criminal intent in their actions when they don't know what they're doing. Yeah, right. Uh, I think he committed a crime. His actions should be treated as such. Uh, And the Capitol or Washington, D.C. police should be involved. Then let this play out uh, in any other, like any other legal infraction. Uh, Gary says, uh, "Throw the book at him." Can you imagine if, while a Republican, if a Republican congressman did this, the Democrats and the press would go nuts? I can't help but agree with that. Uh, I do think that it would, if this, you know, shoe were on the other foot, they would be, uh, they'd be ripping him to shreds. He did exactly what they did on January 6th. He obstructed the business of Congress and should be treated exactly the same way. Um, Donald Trump is in court right now, civil court in New York. And a couple of observations. One of them is, if it turns out that, yes, he exaggerated the value of his real estate, and and the judge has already determined that, but if it turns out that the judge has undervalued his real estate, in other words, it's somewhere in the middle, could we, under the same New York law, try the judge for fraud? I doubt it. I, I think they are undervaluing his property. I think he overvalued it. I think they're undervaluing it in order to make their case. What hangs on the line here is the future of the Trump business. And frankly, that's what they want. They want it destroyed. They ran on destroying it. Now, they're not going to, in this proceeding, determine guilt or innocence. They are instead going to go after relief. What, what are they going to do in terms of punishment? That's, that's what this is all about. Just how culpable is he and just what will they do? Put the company in receivership, seize its assets. What exactly will they do? So I've got a great piece. And of all things, uh, it, it turns out that it started off on CNN. And it's about doing business in New York and what it's like. Uh, I will play that for you at about 9.35, right after the news. Because these are the kinds of games you have to play when you're dealing with big government. And it, it, it's a shame 
but the progressives are killing every major area, every big city that they control. Uh, and I don't know the entire makeup of Springfield's um, city council and and uh, and mayor. And I, I, I don't know the politics down there. I know up here in Columbia, the Democrats rule. They have, they do. I mean, Boone County uh, and Columbia, Missouri, dominated by the left because of the university. But they will do to Columbia what the bureaucrats in New York and Los Angeles and San Francisco and Chicago and all of those other places have done. They will destroy business in this city. I'll play that piece from CNN uh, at about 9.35. In the meantime, the punishment for uh, this uh, congressman who decided he wanted to delay the uh, proceedings in the House of Representatives, Jamal Bowman, what is an adequate punishment for him? Doug, good morning. What's an adequate punishment? Oh, hey. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. How about fitting him with a nice jumpsuit, uh, throw him in, in, in the jail for about, oh, 12, 14 months, and then try him and see what happens? <laughs> it's a no speedy trial, just like the January 6th defendants? Is that what you're suggesting? Absolutely. You're saying what's good for the goose, huh? Well, the goose is probably very happy. <laughs> yeah, we'll take a gander at that happiness. All right, Doug, thank you. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Roger, what's fair? This is about a Trump trial. The Trump lawyers need to subpoena the appraisal records of the lenders. And if the lenders do not have appraisals, this is the fault of the lender. It's All right. not Trump. I will, I will uh, cover this uh, in greater detail in uh, the next segment of the program, which can happen in about a, a minute or two, okay? All right, sounds good. All right, Roger, thank you. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. You want to do business in any of the major urban areas, you got to put up with all these regulations designed to protect people from their own behavior and all kinds of other intrusions into the marketplace. And the net result is you have to play games. They, and this is what Donald Trump faced in New York. And this is what we're going to face in Columbia, what they're facing in St. Louis and Kansas City in every other major area. Democrats will continue to eviscerate the free market and they will continue to distort it and they will ruin opportunities for people, entrepreneurs, to successfully start new practices and new businesses. They will kill them in their areas, uh, in whatever geographic area that is. We will uh, cover that in the uh, in the next segment of the program. Supreme Court has some interesting cases ahead of it. Gavin Newsom has replaced or has named his re the uh, replacement for Diane Feinstein. We'll get into that. Uh, so that's just the tip of the iceberg for today's program because we've got a lot more. You're listening to the Gary Nolan Show, and it's the Zimmer Radio Network. This 
is the Gary Nolan Show. It is 9.35. Glad to have you with us. The, uh, the Trump trial has started. It is a civil, uh, a civil trial, and they're saying that he overvalued his real estate when it came to borrowing money against it, and he undervalued it when it came to paying taxes. Uh, he clearly lied about the number of square feet in his living uh, quarters in uh, Trump Towers, exaggerated it grossly. But when you're doing business in a major urban area, in any area controlled by Democrats, it's very difficult to do it profitably. Because there's so many rules, so many regulations, so many taxes that you can't play the game fairly. So, if you know, and if, if, if the left are allowed to continue, they will destroy every urban area they touch. I'm, I'm particularly concerned about Columbia because I know that Boone County and the city are dominated by the left. And I know how difficult it can be to start a business. But when you have to get a check on, uh, do you have the right this, the right that? Are you, uh, you going to kill some frog because you're building here? Does the building look like the buildings we want them to look like? I mean, they've done this. Here in Columbia a few years ago, there was a, a major drugstore chain was going to buy a piece of property and put up a, a building which would have created jobs, generated tax revenue, and the city killed it because they didn't. They wanted the building to look like they wanted the building to look. So what's it like in New York when they've dominated long enough? Impossible. If you're doing what Donald Trump does, you've got to play games. It's the only way you can survive. It's the only way you can grow. So Kevin O'Leary, you may know him from the Shark Tank, was on CNN talking about doing business in, uh, in, in major urban areas like New York and Boston. And this is what he said was the result of the big government Democrat control in those urban areas. And, we'll and here's the one thing that nobody saw coming. And this is the competition of states. I don't put companies here in New York anymore or in Massachusetts, or in New Jersey, or in California. Those states are uninvestable. The policy here is insane. The taxes are too high. We put them in Fargo, North Dakota, mm. because 40% of the people work elsewhere, including Boston. So I was, you know, a bit of a debate with Elizabeth Warren about this, but I say, look, Senator, we've got to move the companies out of your state because you're not investable anymore. You're punishing people if they're successful. You overtax them. You hit them with a super tax. New Jersey, what a mess. New York, uninvestable. Wait, why is New York uninvestable? Try and do a project That's in New York. Try and build but a yeah, data. I'm asking, Don's point, is it beyond the taxes? Oh, the regulatory environment is punitive. I had a project in upstate New York behind the grid in Niagara Falls for electricity, a global data center we were building. Eventually, it got so bad with the, the politicians in the local region and the state policy, we moved it to Norway and all the jobs. Wow. Norway has it now. Thousands of jobs coming out of that. I mean, that is, that's New York. Uninvestable. Sorry, don't shoot the messenger. Just telling you the way it is. Yeah, that's it. Uninvestable. Some pushback from our, our elected officials in New York on that. I was going to say Kathy Hochul. Yeah. But I'll debate it, them any time of the day you want. Uh, we would love to separate the AOC. She's great at killing jobs. She kills jobs by the thousands. You know, another New Jersey problem. 
Where did Amazon take their jobs? They took them away from her. She threatened to sue them if they created jobs. I mean, this is a reality. This is a reality that the there's a little more to it, but let's not relitigate well, that. Well, you know, sorry, just telling the truth. He's, he's saying what a lot of people are saying, especially what happened with that Amazon thing here in New York. Just real quickly, then I don't want to hug the conversation. But what, what was Elizabeth Warren's response when you said that to her? Look, I have a lot of respect for her because it's okay to have a debate about politics, but not policy. When you have punitive policy. You're making a mistake. And I want to just put up my hand and say, I don't agree, Senator, with your policy. I respect you as a politician, a very successful one. You know, she's very successful. And that's the state where I grew my kids. I mean, our family grew up in Boston, Massachusetts. We left there to move to Florida like everybody else is because it's such a tough place. to. You know, this is a tough message. People really are critical about this, but somebody has to call it out because this is a competition of states now. And we don't put money there anymore. We put it in other places. And jobs are created elsewhere. Over time, this is going to diminish New Jersey, diminish New York, diminish Massachusetts, and California out of business. Out so that's what's happening in areas controlled by Democrats. O'Leary is right. Nobody wants to, to you, you can't succeed unless you play games. That's what Donald Trump had to do to succeed. Now, did he overdo it? According to the judge, he did. But here's all it should take. And I don't care what your business is. You should go to City Hall, spend a few dollars and get a license so they know who to tax. So they know, who, you know, if there's a retail sales tax, we know where to go. And that should be it. The government shouldn't do anything else to get in your way. Go open your, your business. Start making money. Start investing. Because the money that you have to spend to jump through all the legal hoops leaves you with less money as a cushion to start your business. If you're living in a city that is dominated by Democrats, you are killing yourselves. You are destroying job opportunities. You are driving businesses out of your community. We see it every day. And there's a perfect example right there. And now they're going to extract their pound of flesh out of Donald Trump. Well, it's, you know, it's, it's the fault of the voters. You have got to register to vote. You've got to make sure the people that you put in office are advocates of liberty and freedom and small government. You want to keep your tax base low? Look at the, the competition. He, he, looking for a better place to start a business, and he, money goes where it's treated best. He took the business to Norway, where they're creating thousands of jobs. Voters need to wake up. Democrats are business killers. And, and this trial in New York is a perfect example of how you, what you have to do to get around it. If, it, it, and, and Donald Trump's argument, and this was my argument, was, you know, nobody was complaining. Everybody was getting paid. Now, you could argue that, that he put, you know, other people's money at risk. But doesn't the bank have a responsibility? If I go out and buy a new car, 
the bank knows what the car is worth. They look it up. Oh, you're buying a new Mercedes. Well, here's how much it costs. Here's how much it will devalue the moment it, it drives off the lot. This is how much money you have to put down so that if something bad happens, we can recover. Doesn't the bank have an obligation here? I don't know. It seems to me they do. And it seems to me that this is just another railroad uh, that uh, they're putting on, uh, on, on Donald Trump. And again, as everybody knows, I am not a big Trump fan. I'm not an anti-Trumper. I'm just laying it out on the line. When he's right, he's right. They put him in this position. They put him in this position. And the banks need to have been more responsible. They should have gone up there. When I sold my house in, in Columbia proper, they came out and measured the square footage. The banks did. The, 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 the people who are buying the house, everybody does. They, they look at the real estate value. They look at the surrounding area. They look at the, uh, the trends in that neighborhood. And they say, yes or no, we'll loan the money on the house or we won't. The bank in New York sh that loaned Trump money should have been doing just that. They should have been looking at the property, sizing it up. And if they thought it was worth it, whether he described it one way or another, doesn't matter. They should have been the ones responsible. But government regulations turn it all around. 874-9390-800-529-5572. Take your calls in just a few. You're listening to The Gary Nolan Show, and this is the Zimmer Radio Network. It is 9.50, 10 minutes to 10. Why do we always do that? It's about uh, 9.50, about 10 to 10. Everybody knows what time it is. I don't uh, know, Gary. Why, why do you do that? Uh, I, I don't know. I, I should not have done that. I should have just given you it's 9.50 and let it go at that. But, oh, no, nay, nay, Perlina. No, I'm not about no. to do you that. you got to double down. Yes, make sure that uh, everybody. Well, you know why? You know why I do that? I, I will, I'll confess. I know that Democrats listen to the program. <laughs> and they sometimes <laughs> oh, no. have a problem with... Uh, you know, with that sort of computation. Uh, and so I try to, to help them along. Numbers are hard sometimes. Yeah, and so is reading. Like F-I-R-E. <laughs> <laughs> door. Yeah. F-I-R-E. Door. All right. Uh, anyway, with that in mind, we're talking about Donald Trump doing business in urban areas where Democrats dominate, how difficult it is and how they, they kill uh, new businesses and, and make it impossible to create new jobs. Uh, and they're doing it here in Missouri, Kansas City, St. Louis, Columbia. It's, it's just what Democrats do. And people keep voting for them. It's beyond me why. Uh, let me go to the phones. 874-9390. Toll free is 800-529-5572. Les, good morning. Good morning, Gary. I've lived in Boone County decades and decades in the city of Columbia has rejected many, many manufacturing because they label them as dirty. Columbia people do have a mental, mental defect. Feel good, feel good, feel good. I'll give you an example. This morning, I worked close to uh, 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 one of those dumpsters that you put in your recycle. I was out putting in recycle. This lady pulls up there with a couple of bags of plastic and uh, 
this recycle bin had nothing for plastic. It had had cans and paper and and uh, whatnot. And I said, ma'am, that that plastic is all nice and clean and pretty because she washed it. Does not recycle. It's one of those that does not recycle. She goes, I know, I know, I know, but. The city should be picking this stuff up as recycle. I said, you know, the city just takes this stuff to the landfill. I know. I know. And I said, here's a dumpster. Let me help you put your plastic that is non-recyclable in the dumpster. And she goes, no, no. I'm going to drive around until I find a bin that is recyclable so I can put this plastic in. I just go, here's your sign. Yeah. Here's your sign. All right, Les, thank you. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Joshua, good morning. Morning. Um, just a quick question. Um, the I don't know how it works in New York for property, but on Donald Trump's you know uh, value of his property and whatnot, here in Missouri, there's an office that assesses your property's value and assesses taxes on it, right? Yep. So if New York does the same thing, then how can you say he overvalued it or undervalued it or was it? The office assesses the value of it. So, like, I, I just don't understand. Well, they're going to argue that he gave them this information about the size of his abode, which is alleged to be 30,000 square feet, in his opinion, uh, and far less according to the government. And that was not a mistake. He did that on purpose. And I don't doubt it. I'm, I'm sure he did. Uh, okay. Uh, but it, isn't it incumbent... First, upon the banks, because this is a case of fraud against uh, the banks, isn't it right. incumbent on the banks to go check these things out before they loan the money? Yeah, because they, there's there's public records of how many square feet a building is. There's all kinds of licensing and you know, permits and whatnot to go through for building anything. So it's it would be a well-known fact of how many square feet something is, and that wouldn't be hard to find. Yeah, I went to buy, when I bought the house... Uh, in Columbia proper, they, the bank, came out and appraised the property. Right. They walked around. They looked at the, you know, the the uh, the condition of the house. They uh, and all of that. It, it and they looked at uh, the surrounding area and the value of that real estate. Was it appreciating or depreciating? And right. So it wouldn't be hard for a bank. Say Donald Trump comes to say, "Hey, bank, loan me this money for this property." The bank goes, looks up all the records and goes, oh, it's this many square feet. And he could say all day long, no, it's this. It'd be really simple for a bank to go, okay, here's what it's worth, here's what we're going to loan you. It should never even have made it to the point that it's made it to. But it, 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 it shouldn't be, here's where it becomes a criminal offense. It becomes a criminal offense when uh, he defaults and, and, and the bank goes after him, uh, well, civilly. Uh, if not criminally, for for lying. But again, right. they have an obligation to make sure that he's telling the truth. Right. It is these government regulations that make you play games. Exactly, and it, it's, it uh, shouldn't be that way. I agree, Joshua. Thank you for the call. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. 874-9390, toll-free 800-529-5572. Supreme Court is going to get busy here, and uh, we'll talk about that. Uh, because there are several cases of interest, and I have one. And I'm really curious to see what you think about this. Right now, if you're uh, in a relationship and the, the, uh, the other member of this relationship files a restraining order, 
um, because they think you're a threat somehow. Should they be able to take your gun? Should they be able to take your gun? There is one of the Supreme Court cases deals with just that, with guns. There's a guy who is really a cretin. And there was a restraining order against him, and he had a gun. And the Supreme Court has written uh, an opinion, Bruin, the Bruin decision, that says if the law didn't exist, if there's no, no law uh, that resembles the law you're trying to enforce, dealing with firearms back when the Second Amendment was crafted, then it's probably not constitutional. And there, there are no... Everybody who writes a law that's a Second Amendment... Uh, everybody that writes a law that is uh, a gun control advocate has to look up and find out if there was a common law that was enforced in the 1700s. And if there wasn't, it's not constitutional. I will tell you, if, if you listen to the gun show on Saturday mornings from 8 to 10 on our home station here in Columbia, that the Founding Fathers wrote the Second Amendment so that we could be as, as well-armed as the government. They wanted the government to be afraid of us. That was, that was the point of the Second Amendment. Yeah, it's great for self-protection. Yeah, it's great for hunting. But its main purpose was to make the government fear the people, not have the people fear the government. And we sort of flipped that script. Now we're all afraid of the government. They come at you with guns for everything. But my point here is that this guy... And I'll give you a brief uh, in the next hour about his history. Had a restraining order and had guns. And he's saying, you, you can't arrest me for this. this. This law didn't exist. And so the Second Amendment supporters are going to have to go to the Supreme Court and defend a Cretan who took his girlfriend's head and smashed it into the dashboard of his car and who threatened others with a gun. We'll chat about that in the next segment because the Supreme Court is kicking into action today. Gary Nolan Zimmer, Radio Network. This is the Gary Nolan Show. 